Hello and welcome to the Right for Your Life podcast. I'm joined as ever by my co-host Donna Sorensen. Hello. Also known as the Flying Poet. Away. <laughs> oh God, honestly, Twitter handles. I couldn't get a handle on it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, thanks. Um, honestly, my name is just ridiculous. I thought I'd be able to squeeze in, you know, Donna and Sorensen and something to do with poetry, but it was impossible. Absolutely impossible. So in the end, I just went for the flying poet. Yeah, because um, poetry is not the only thing I do, you know. No, what else do you do? I could fly planes. How often do you fly planes? Um, about once every 15 years at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the problem, because... When you're writing poetry, you don't ever earn enough money to be able to fund, um, you know, that kind of um, playgirl lifestyle. No, not playgirl like that. Do you know, like playgirl as in I've got lots of money. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I haven't got loads of money as a poet, so I can't afford to fly all the time is what I'm trying to say. I think what you're trying to say is that you are a um, a qualified pilot. Yeah. Thank you. Indeed. um, and, um, He's finally got, uh, got her Twitter handle, handle sorted out, so that's nice. Yes, so after um, a long time of being Don underscore S underscore Sorensen, if people <laughs> want to find you on Twitter, they now go to, no, they now go to at The Flying Poet. That's it. It's so easy, isn't it? It's really easy. But I am worried that now I'm going to have to start taking pictures of myself, like in Amelia Earhart type goggles and, and standing on aeroplane wings and stuff with poetry books. Actually, maybe I should do that. Marketing. Sorry. Anyway, yeah. Good. So um, that's good. How have you been? I've just uh, been putting some shelves up. Always good to prepare for a podcast by doing some DIY. Oh, oh yeah, I know what you mean. I've had actually um, a brilliant writing poetry day, so that's fantastic. I've written my first new poem in ages. What's it called? It's called The Star Throwers. What's it about? It's about... Ooh, you put me on the spot there. It's about um, my... Well, I, I speak Danish and I live in Denmark and I don't have a great love, if I'm honest, for how the Danish language sounds. But um, there is one word which I think they've done better than we have. And that is the word for sparklers, which is quite a nice word, isn't it? And sparklers are great things. But in Danish, they're called star throwers, which yeah. I... So it's it's a, just a poem about a reflection on that, really, and about, um, yeah, all sorts of things. And what is the, what is the actual Danish for star throwers or sparklers? Stjernekaster. Yeah. Well, there we go. That's the Right for Your Life podcast. We've actually learned <laughs> actually learned something this week. We might as well give up now. Oh well, yeah. No, but there's even better things happened today, though, for me, and that is that in the post, I got the first ten copies, my author advances of my book. That, that I mean, a huge congratulations. That's such a genuinely special thing to happen. So that's <laughs> fantastic. Thank you. And you know, I I was there was kind of an apprehension, obviously, as the the package arrived just about what I would feel when I held it in my hands for the first time. And I have to say I was blown away. I'm just so, I'm very happy with it. It's beautiful and I love it. Well, you should, it looks good. The cover looks good. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. It's just holding. It's just amazing. You know, I hope lots of people are going to hold it. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, I just, I've got some terrible news, Donna. What? Um, I've just realized, and uh, the listeners may already know this, but um, I just realised that I've been using the wrong microphone for the first for the first few minutes of this podcast. But I have now switched over, so all being well, everything will sound okay. 
Oh my god! What you mean? You won't have heard anything about my um, Amelia Earhart references, Starcat throwers, and all that kind of stuff, and my new book writing. No, all your stuff, which was gold, that should all be um, that should all be fine. Everything I said should be fine, but um, sadly, I've been using the internal speakers on my computer as opposed to my fancy microphone. It is an absolute schoolboy error. Michael Hurley from the Seventy Decibels Network. If he hears this, which I presume he won't, he doesn't listen. To <laughs> he won't. Don't worry, it's no problem. I don't. I can't see him. He listen to this. Um, um, he'd be furious. Aww. Well, I'm glad you sorted it already. Anyway, onwards. First topic today is going to be. The writing habits, or more kind of the writing tools of the rich and famous. And when I say rich and famous, I just mean famous authors. Yeah. Uh, and you found this article, didn't you? Yeah, on good old Flavorwire. They've uh, often got interesting lists, haven't they? They do like lists. I, I mean, I they, they do like lists. Yeah, yeah, they do. It's a bit like cheating, though, isn't it? Really, it's not really a proper blog post. So, in in their case, I think you know a list like this, <clears throat> it's interesting, and loads of people will have looked at this article, including us. We're even going to talk about it, or we're going to start a conversation from it. But it isn't exactly, you know, high literature slash blogging. But have you not noticed that this is what's well? Maybe it's just the ones I'm looking at, but there's so many of them, so many, um, just kind of lists it's because people like lists basically and people click on lists and people talk about them on podcasts it's not a bad thing i sound like it sounds like completely sour grapes from my part but i have talked about this on the podcast in the past sometimes i just think stop it with the lists write something original or or film something original or record something original yes um that's yes true i have to say the reason that i like it is because there is just so much going on in the world. And this, these kind of lists here, to me, they draw really, really simply things together from history and through different times. And that's what's really important because, you know, you can't, there's just too much in this day and age to be able to go and research, you know, how Agatha Christie liked to sit, you know, with a little typewriter against the window in some hard shoes and had to be the same typewriter. I find that interesting. But when are you ever going to, Go and find out for yourself if someone like this is not pulling up just really short tidbits to to tell you about how different people were doing things back in the past. I mean, you're completely right, and and the, the also interested side of me says, um, yes, absolutely. So this is a good thing. The kind of slightly more grumpy side of me, which I'm afraid does exist, says, <laughs> well, who really cares what shoes Agatha <laughs> Christie wears? <laughs> Christie shoes. I don't care about her shoes. I don't care about her petticoats, and I don't care about her the sandals that she wears in the summer. Good grief! I can't believe you said that, Ian. No, but I mean seriously, there's a lot of stuff that you don't need to know about, and it's not that interesting. But um, I think that sometimes you find surprising things in these lists. It's not all, you know, top ten things that writers should do or shouldn't do, which you know there are millions of. Some of them are a little bit more unusual. I know, I'm being a complete and utter killjoy, and I, anyway, I apologise. Anyway, it's ridiculous. The reason that I thought this was interesting... It um, is interesting. Don't, don't... I mean, uh, it is interesting, so let's do it. Come on. Right. My mother, who's a writer, was uh, staying with me last week and um, had a horrible accident with a fountain pen. Nobody was injured, but uh, a lot of her clothing will never recover. And I just was in the kitchen with her, was like this bloody fountain pen dripping everywhere and she's like oh we've got like a plastic bag or 
you know, bits of tissue or whatever. And I'm just thinking, oh my God, the floor. And I said, well, I said to her, mum, why do you use a fountain pen? Why don't you just use a biro? And she's, she has to have this fountain pen. And then later on, we were out and she was like, oh, the fountain pen is dripping in my handbag. And it's just like, it's like an ongoing problem for my mum that everything gets ruined by this fountain pen. But she still has to use that bloody fountain pen. So, and, and, and it's amazing on this list, actually, how many people, I mean, I guess that some, of these, some of these authors are pre-digital, but uh, so it's fine, we'll let them off. But even new authors or, or contemporary authors, a lot of them still use pen and pencil and notepad. And I know lots of people on the internet who claim to do the same. Absolutely. And, you know, whether they do or not, do you not think that it's, it's also a way to kind of tie yourself into the great tradition of writing? And that in self can be inspiring, you know, to, to sit down and think, well, I'm doing you know, exactly the same kind of thing that Sylvia Plath was doing, for example, when she would sit down to write. And it, 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 it makes you seem part of literary history, I think, if you're doing it a bit like that. Don't you think? Is well, that it, maybe- I, I think it makes you, I think it may make you, make, make writers feel like they're part of some kind of, um, some, kind, some kind of history or taking part in, um, or, you know, doing an activity in the same way that those who've gone before them are. But I mean, that's just being uh, a bit romantic, I think, isn't it? Just to continue my grumpy theme, I mean, it's it's, it's romanticised the idea of someone sat in a coffee shop with a with a pen, which is, you know I do from time to time. But the idea that you write everything that you ever do in that way because you absolutely have to, or because I don't know, um, D. H. Lawrence did as well. Then, um, then for me, that's just romanticising the process a little bit, and and probably in some cases being a bit disingenuous. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree. And when I first started to try to sit down and write seriously, I had this gorgeous notebook and it's, it's ridiculous. I was like drawing like pictures in it and annotating things. And I, I guess I was kind of thinking, you know, this is my first notebook and I want to make this really nice. So when I look back, I can see it and everything. Now, if I've got a new idea for something, sod that, I go straight to the computer and I just sit down and I open a new document and I put it all there on that fresh white screen. That's all I do every time. And I'm the same. I always write. Um, I, I, I use notebook to make some notes, and I use a notebook to do more structural things, mm. um, like events that may happen later on, or, or little little lines, so little little snippets of lines that might come to me. But the actual bulk of, well, not not just the bulk, but pr- practically all of the actual writing, I tend to do straight to screen. Yeah. But I also um, edit almost exclusively. Well, that's not true. I kind of edit as I go. So I do lots of editing as I go and on and on screen. But when I've got to a point where I think, right, I really need to get my head around what I'm doing here, I will always print it out and I will always get a red pen usually just because it's different to the black print and um, and and make notes and annotations um, mm. in a coffee shop with a pipe in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, well, that's interesting. I wonder if I was writing longer fiction whether I would also print stuff out but I really I don't I mean I do like holding a piece of paper with one of my poems on in my hand but for me the most important process for editing is reading things out loud and I find I can do that just as easily from the screen well with poetry of course yeah it's absolutely um, 
important. But I but I've always argued that 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 prose is not that much different from poetry. Although I do find poetry much more difficult to write. But it's it's still all about rhythm. I mean, a poem <laughs> a poem is just more exposed to a, a lack of rhythm because it's it's short and and the rhythm is more expected, I suppose. But some <laughs> of the best writing, really, it's just it's about the way the words bounce along and the way, that, the way they stick together and the way that sentences go from shorter to longer to to knock your socks off to, ooh, that was an interesting sentence. Totally. So are you saying that you read your um, paragraphs out loud? All of them? Um, my own paragraphs? Yeah. Um, like the editing process? Um... I mean, I do. I don't know. I'm just trying to think whether all of them. I, I, I guess I don't know if I have actually sat down and read the entire book out, as in *Aes Angelica*. I don't think I would have would have sat and read the whole thing. But certainly, yeah, uh, uh, large parts of it, and anything, especially anything that I'm that I'm stuck at or I'm struggling with, I will always um, read it out to myself, either on screen or if I'm if I'm editing it already, then I'll I'll do it um, yeah. on paper. But I don't have any superstitions or anything like that. I really, I really don't have any th- sort of lucky pen or favourite notebook or, or or anything. And in fact, the way that I'm writing the new novel, it couldn't be uh, it couldn't be more opposite. Really, I'm I'm using whatever I have to hand. So I've, I'm using sometimes pen and notebook if that's what I've got handy, and it's just like a, a structural thing or an idea or or or, or something that's sort of non uh, not the meat and drink of it the actual writing but to write I'm using a combination of Scrivener and then my iPad um, and uh, the byword on the iPad which is an app iPad uh, with an with a extra external keyboard with an, with an external keyboard but also without so I've I've cool. learnt I've, I've tested and figured out a way of writing without the keyboard um uh, which is which works and which which is good but also sometimes my phone like i've written little bits on on my phone as well because you know people think oh you couldn't possibly write anything on your phone but actually the amount of text messages and emails and twitter updates that, that you send on your phone you're much better at typing on your phone than you perhaps think you are <sighs> yeah but it's still slower isn't it i was wondering do you think many people still dictate well, it's not slower than writing, I would imagine, and writing out longhand. But um, um, yeah, I think some people probably do dictate. I mean, I, I've never done it, but I bet some people do. And the software is amazing. So Dragon Dictate software, which you can get for the iPhone as well, maybe for Android, I don't know. But certainly the, the Mac app is supposed to be fantastic. And yeah. in fact, I think that on, on the Mac, I believe that there's a dictation tool built in there, much like Siri, I guess. Cool. I think. Could you see that little thing there was interesting? It wasn't. I never said it wasn't interesting. I just had a weird and unexpected whinge about list posts. It was unprompted, really, and I apologise to everyone for it. Excellent. So what was the next thing that we were going to talk about today? Well, there's this um, article, two articles that appeared in Publishing Perspectives. Let me just get them to hand. Um, so this weekend, so every, all of this, everything that I'm about to say needs to be prefaced with the fact that I am not in any way an expert on online video, on YouTube, on vlogging, on um, on the kind of various subcultures of YouTube, of which there are many. Um, I'm not in any way an expert. However, that's part of my point, really. The fact that I'm not an expert and I still seem to know more than, <laughs> than the people who I feel perhaps should know more about it. So anyway, with that in mind, 
two articles on publishing perspectives this week. One was by um, and publishing perspectives, by the way, really good website, lots of interesting stuff. And these articles are interesting, but they just highlighted a couple of problems for me, which I want to talk about. Um, so this weekend was YouTube's um, Summer in the City Festival, which I hadn't heard of until about two weeks ago. Took place in London over the weekend, just gone, just gone. And as I understand it, it was just a place for people who publish to YouTube, so YouTubers, um, vloggers. I guess musicians who post videos, writers, all sorts of creative people who use YouTube as a platform come together for kind of a big meetup. And I, I believe that I, might, I think there are some sort of sessions that people can go to see and that kind of thing. Um, so that was this weekend. And one of the articles, the title is YouTube Stars Shine in London, but where were the publishers? Mm. So the gist of this is that, um, w- is, um, <laughs> Why, as always, are publishers lagging behind? And this is the good point. This is this is the point that's being made that I think is 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 why the article is worth reading and why it's um, a good point. Two things, really. First of all, why does it always seem that there's that publishers are late to catch on to things? Not sorry, that's not right. I take that back. Not publishers. The publishing the publishing industry is late <laughs> to catch on to things. So basically what we're saying here is there's this huge festival um, or or gathering of people there's lots of great content being put online uh, loads of individuals loads of kind of uh, duos and groups of people who are basically recording and filming really good stuff and putting it on the internet why is the publishing industry kind of only writing articles about this now when it's been happening for a while and like I say I preface this with I'm all you know it's only in the last year that I've really discovered just the depth of content that's on youtube Mm. by amateur folks like ourselves i suppose so that's one point um uh, and that's a good point the frustrating thing about uh, i said well that's not a good point it's just i'm frustrated that they're just writing articles about it but the second point is the list of people that they refer to um um um, are the huge people and it's always the way so um, there's another article here called uh which says what can publishers do to improve online video marketing um so it was a similar sort of thing really again what can we do to uh, to get better at this and you think oh how about working it out several years ago that's my it's my short answer um but the references here are inevitably john green uh, author of the fulton House stars and various other books um whose um whose channel with his brother hank vlog brothers if you haven't heard of it i suspect a lot of people will have um, has got m- millions of followers and their reference perfectly valid reference makes complete sense um, and then the other references are all other people who are huge as well so um, I'm trying to find now because I'm switching between articles I'm getting as I'm saying this I'm getting mildly confused as to which um, Elbow from Sesame Street uh, yeah, he is mentioned he should always be name checked um, okay, so beauty. It says, and back to the other article. Beauty gurus like the UK sprinkle of glitter. Um, uh, Tyler Oakley from the US, Casper Lee from South Africa. I don't know who these people are. I suspect I probably should do, but I don't. That's not the point. The point is they're referencing people who have millions and millions of of uh, subscribers and saying, "Why can't we do this?" Yeah. It's, and I'm sorry this is taking me so long to get to this point. Why <laughs> isn't that just a complete allegory for the publishing industry as a whole? The way that we focus on J.K. Rowling, E.L. James, um, uh, you know, I don't know, even someone like Rushdie. You know, basically all the these this group of 
key authors who make all the money and then the rest of us kind of have to trundle along and it um, doesn't matter if we're doing really interesting stuff. It doesn't matter if, uh, if, if the books that we write are great or if we have an innovative way of marketing. It's kind of not really talked about what we really want to try and work out. Why are we not copying the people with millions of subscribers when there is so many there are so many people um, who are talking about books, who are talking about writing, who are talking about publishing, who maybe only have a few hundred or a few thousand or tens of thousands of subscribers, but they are the nuts and bolts, they are the meat and drink, they are the people that the publishing industry should be engaging with, instead of fretting about becoming the next Vlogbrothers or the next John Green. That's what they said. <laughs> Wonder why there was no book equivalent of the Harlem Shake. Yeah, it's like who cares if there's no book equivalent of the Harlem Shake? Concentrate well, on making lots of. See it. I mean, well, <laughs> see it for like you know one day, and then they'd be like, well. Exactly. So instead of instead of instead of thinking right, there's all this stuff going on in video or on YouTube. How can we how can we recreate John Green's success on with video, and have another author just like John Green instead of doing that why don't they say how can we find some really good talent and invest in it so that they build a channel or they build you know imagine this they build a book career or a a writing career um it's yeah i don't know i just it 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 was nothing nothing against anyone or any website or anything like that but i just the comparison between the the tone bit of that and kind of just the way the industry is it's just a little frustrating, but maybe it's because I'm part of the fleshy middle. The fleshy middle, yeah. Well, I, yeah, there's always going to be a, a, a pull, isn't there, to the big commercial popular formats and, you know, books that just, books and videos that sell millions. There's nothing we can do about it, Ian. That's what, that's what publishing companies would like. Well, well, yeah, absolutely, but it's just it's just the whole tone. I mean, if I was, um, in fact, I had a, a very brief conversation with um, uh, Sana, who's uh, um, uh, whose YouTube channel is Books and Quills, so book reviewer. She's now uh, at Hotkey Books, working as their digital um, uh, coordinator, I think. And I had a brief conversation with her about it. So she's kind of been doing YouTube for years, and then and now works in publishing. And one of the leading um, online public online sites about um, publishing comes up with an article like this, and if you're someone like her, you must look at this. And I don't want to speak for her, but and think, oh, you kind of don't know what you're doing, do you? Yeah. <laughs> and, and and someone like me, who is even like really you know fairly new to all this, I'm, I'm tech savvy and and I guess um, internet savvy enough to to uh, to understand how it works. But I admit that in terms of video, I, I'm new to it. But even I know that this is. You know, be, you know, behind the times and just a bit kind of frustrating. Anyway, I'm. This is a complete and utter ramble. I do apologise. No, it's a ramble, and you've got it out there. <laughs> well, tell me what you think, people. I'll put a link to these. I'll put a link to these articles in the uh, in the show notes, which you can find at ianbroom.com slash podcast. And then this particular episode, which is um, well, the way that it's numbered at the moment, um, episode thirty of season three, and um, it'll all be in there. Feel free to leave a comment and let us know what you think, or to get in touch on Twitter. How can they get in touch with you on Twitter, Donna? Oh, uh, flying app, the flying poet. Oh, oh yeah. you messed it up. It's supposed to be so easy, you just roll off the tongue. Uh, sorry about that. <sighs> anyway, we, have, we we need to do all that again at the end. Anyway, so you can uh, you can practice. That was Thanks. just a practice. Good. Okay, so should we say that's done with? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, to be honest, I probably am not massively upset about it because I just closed myself off to all of that commercial side of it where I just think, 
you know, I, if I actually found out what people like they're talking about in those articles actually did, I'd be depressed. You know, why are we aspiring to that anyway? Well, I, I don't mind aspiring to be like John Green. I think the Blog Brothers channel is oh, fantastic. No, no, but... Sorry, no, I wasn't talking about him. I was talking about Jack and Finn of Jack's Gap. Yeah. I don't know what they do. Well, I don't know what they do, but presumably enough people like it that we should show them some respect. And <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> but, no, I mean, you know, who cares what they do? That's not really the point. And it's kind of, you know... We're probably saying the same thing. Who cares what they do? They're not. That, it's fantastic that they're so successful, and it's really yeah. important to look at the way that they became successful. That's fine. That makes perfect sense. But trying to recreate it and pondering on why why there aren't more book related examples instead of realizing that there are loads of bookish people out there creating content who that could be invested in, who could be nurtured, who could be supported. Um, instead, we write you know articles are written which just you know really focus on the outliers. So let me ask you something just before we close on that. Publishing Perspectives has uh, has written that article, and you you seem to feel quite strongly about it. Would you not comment on it? On the article? Yeah. Well, actually, interesting you should say that. I plan to record um, a, a video about it. Um, I think I think that that's my plan. I am going to. I haven't had time, which isn't much of an excuse, but I, I was going to do a video and talk about some of the things I've just talked about. But also, this is my platform. I see this as my platform now, as much as anything. I don't do as much blogging because I don't quite have as much time as I used to, and because my writing time I want to use for writing the new book. But I do this podcast every week with you, so this is me responding to it. Whether and and oh, this is a whole other conversation, really. But you know, a comment. What a comment on I couldn't do what I've just done, which is basically rant like a loon. Um, I couldn't do that on a comment on a blog post. But that's not to say I shouldn't actually just, you know, write a couple of sentences. Yeah, but I mean, it's interesting to show that there are people talking about these things that really feel quite strongly about it, but then never would, would say so. On, but, I ju- on. but I just did say so. This no, is I mean, on, on the article I'm talking about. Yeah, well, people do. People, people can be mean in blog comments. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Whew. Cool, got that out, didn't you? Yeah, do I sound like a massive grumpy idiot no not not anything like as bad as a couple of weeks ago that was um, was bad wasn't it it was it was pretty tough we got through it then yeah (laughs) um so what else well this last bit was uh, it's kind of me again and i've thrown this on you but i promise i won't (laughs) i promise i won't do all the talking a cup of tea I promise I won't do all the talking, but basically, I stumbled across this. I stumbled across this site uh, last week. I left the tab open, and I came back to it today. Looked into it a bit more, and thought that we could perhaps talk about it. So I think it's interesting. The site is called Patreon, uh, Patreon.com, and the tagline at the front is "Live Your Passion," which, um, if you're if you're into kind of painting gnomes, is Oh no, why shouldn't you live that passion? I take that right back. If you like to paint gnomes, you paint gnomes. Don't you answer to anyone. Live your passion, empowering a new generation of content creators. So it works a bit like Kickstarter in the sense that you can ask people to well, give you various levels of cash. But it seems to me the key difference is that you're asking people not to invest in a specific product, but you're asking them to invest in you. You're asking them to become your patrons. So the various examples they have on the homepage, which I happen to have here, 
excuse me, is someone here creating short films, someone creating videos, music videos, songs, songs, acapella videos, cartoon parodies, video games, and I've had a look, and there are a couple of people doing things like short stories and poems. And the general idea is that someone... Um, I'll use I'll I'll try and I'll use a book related example, and I tried to explain this to you before we started, and it went terribly wrong, ter- terribly wrong, and we ended up having to try and do maths, which was just an awful thing. <laughs> um, so, Hang on, you tried and were thrashing around, and I just sat and listened to you and laughed. Yes, which is probably what's about to happen again, and uh, I apologise in advance. So, I could, for example, and when I say I could, this is an actual possibility. This is something I could genuinely do. I could, for example, write a short story every month. I, w- I could aim to write a short story every month. I wouldn't necessarily have to write one every month, but I could basically say I'm going to be writing short stories. And I could ask people to pay me $1 for every short story that I write. And the way that I think this works is that you can, presumably, you can make that private, or I could just make those short stories public anyway. So some of the people who are making YouTube videos, say music videos, every time they upload a new music video people can pay them an amount, but also those videos still go onto YouTube so people can watch them for free anyway. So the people who are patrons are really saying, I know that I can get this for free, but I believe in what you do. I think that what you do is important. I know you don't get paid much, so I'm going to support you. Um, So I guess back to my short story example, it might be that people pay me $1 for every time that I publish a short story, um, and maybe I post them onto a website, but I also post it to them. Uh, and they pay me for it. So you can look at it for free, but if you want to be a patron, then you can do it for free. And it works like Kickstarter in that you can also provide extras and ask people for more money. Um, And so, yes, you're asking people to effectively um, fund or, or support or become a patron and basically give you money as opposed to give your project money, if that makes sense. Do you have to pay to be out there? Well, now you've got me. Um, let's. I'll have a quick look while you provide some more thoughts. I suspect that you do, otherwise why would they even bother? But I'll just have a quick look whilst you offer your thoughts on this. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm interested to know what kind of person goes and looks on this website just simply to support people in their um, creative endeavours. Well, I think it's unlikely that you would find someone on here that you'd never seen before and go, yeah, I'm going to support you. I suspect that it would require an awful lot of promotion by that person pointing people to the website, much like Kickstarter, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it says that the website's been featured in a lot of high-profile places, so it's been wired by all accounts um, and other things. I don't know. I mean... Is this something you could see you, yourself doing? See, I could, I could see myself doing this. This is where the, we, the maths came came into it. So I, I, I of course, here we go. You got <laughs> one apple, and there's ten people. Yeah, if people pay you one one pound per short story, um, this is what you said. Yes. So, but to preface this, someone like someone like me, and there are many many authors like me who do have published books. That's fine, but without wanting to go into detail I'm not I'm far from a wealthy author like completely opposite I have a full-time job all of this stuff that I do on the internet is completely off my own back in my own time my book is barely paid for itself but I'm delighted it's out (laughs) but this is true I mean it's a fact and I'm not on my own there are loads of published authors who have books out there 
uh, where where they are absolutely a million miles away from it being their full time job. So let's let's so let's assume that anyone who would support me or authors like me that they want to support me not just because they are interested in my book or my short stories but also because maybe they like listen to this podcast maybe they like the videos that I do and maybe they maybe they like my twitter updates if they've got something sort of wrong with them and um and so it's it's literally I see it as someone believing in you but anyway so if i was to um if i was to say right this is a, a viable way of 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 me working towards becoming a full-time author which is ultimately what i want and what i think all authors want I could say, well, I will, I, I will write a short story every month and you will get to see it before anyone else. This is the way I think I would do it. You will get to see it, not just before anyone else, but you'd be the only per- people that got to see it. And my only, rec- my only prerequisite is that at some points, when those stories come together, I'd like to try and go through my agents and publish them and then they can become a, a book. So I don't want to say they will only ever be seen by you, but you will be the only people that see these stories before um, I get to the point where they might become a published actual book. So that's quite a cool thing. If you like an author, like I can think of some authors that I that I love that I would like Margaret Atwood. I mean, or or I don't know, um, John McGregor, people like that. I would I would be up for that. No no question. Um, but to me, it's 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 kind of taking. It's it's a bit like you know having an arts council bursary to um, to write something to write your to finish your first collection or to write your first collection of short stories or whatever. But you know, that's but that's what Kickstarter. That's that's more like Kickstarter. Kickstarter is saying right, I want to write a collection of short stories and I want you to, to pay for it effectively before I've yeah, even but, bothered doing it. But you but you would be using this to the same end, regardless of the fact that you people would be paying to see your short stories. It would not be enough for you to just be on this website doing short stories, as you've said yourself. You would want to have them published at the end. In in my example, yes, I, I guess that is that is true. I guess but you I guess as, that's true. as a published writer, wouldn't you? I mean, I when I look at this website, it seems really really good. I would imagine just my first impression is that the majority of people on here are probably people who are looking to to kind of well they're just starting out or maybe that's that's a bit tough but maybe they they haven't been published or haven't had stuff recording uh, recorded and things like that you know what i mean that's that's the kind of sense i get whereas somebody like you who's already been published see that's a really in, i think that's a really interesting comment because does that does that say that simply by the fact of having a published novel even though whether you know i guess people just have to take my word for this even though i but in no way whatsoever is this anywhere close to it being a full-time job mm. you know i can't describe how far away from that be, from it being that is um even say so, that i should automatically be disqualified from trying to uh ask people to pay for stuff that i've made absolutely not disqualified but You've said yourself that you would put short stories up there, but then you would want to give them to your agent, which you have, in order to put them together for a, a, a book. Because that's that's ultimately what you aspire to. So you can use this platform, but you, your ultimate aim is still to be published in the traditional sense. Yeah, but I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't call the doing the the, the, the example that I just said. I wouldn't call myself as. Uh, it's not really self-publishing. It's literally. Um, you're publishing to a very select group of people who have paid to. It's a patron system, isn't it? It's, it's, uh, yeah. it's not. It's not. Exactly. I, I, I wouldn't feel like. I would. I don't think. I think you're. 
I, I think you're suggesting that I might be in some way kind of cheating the people that have paid that one dollar. But if I was upfront, no, about it, could quite, no, I haven't said that. I said when you said what it was about this website that you liked that it was actually sponsoring a person mm. rather than a product. But when you talked about it more, it, it came out that actually what what they were doing was in your particular case would be sponsoring you towards a finished product. It's not like you would just sit there and write for them for the rest of your life and that would be happy. Regardless of if you made £3,000 or whatever a year through it, if you could, if you could get 300 people to sponsor 10 stories a year or whatever. Well, hey, you see that? That was very good. Um, but but you, wouldn't be, you wouldn't be fulfilled with that. That, that. that would be great and it would keep you going. I guess the question is, you know, to be that kind of full-time writer that's paid to do that, is is that what would make you? Yeah. Satisfied? Okay. So 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 if, again, I don't know if the example we're using, which is me, I don't know if this is this is perhaps the way that maybe I maybe the idea of having something published in the end is is confusing the issue slightly. But the way that the way that I would see that is that is that 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 kind of the 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 patron system would allow me to be a writer it would allow me to create those stories at the moment I, I i'm not necessarily in a position to create a story every month but if yeah. i knew that people were actually paying that then maybe i you know maybe i could drop down to drop take a day off off work and, and reduce my hours from my full-time job and it's kind of a slow it's people basically saying that they believe in what you do and they're interested in what you do and they want to read in my case more and they're willing to support you on that journey to doing that yeah it's amazing isn't it but yeah um, people are willing to sponsor like one pound for a short story, you know. And you're you're talking about you're trying to get three hundred. But I just picked numbers out at random. I just no 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 no. I know. But what what I'm getting to there is that it's amazing, isn't it? That books writing books just doesn't doesn't pay the way ever because you know people could just buy millions of your books, but they people don't. <laughs> well, I mean, there is that alternative. If we could persuade millions of people to just actually buy A's for Angelica, that would be a much preferable situation. <laughs> um, just, just lastly on this anyway, because I, I, you know... But by the way, if anyone listening to this thinks this is a great idea and is willing to do this, then for goodness sake, get in touch and let's, let's make it happen. However, Julia Nunez is creating videos, so she's on the front page of this website, really heavily promoted... I think there's a chance from the limited research I've done that she may even know the person who made it. It would seem that's the case. And she has, so she makes uh, music videos or YouTube videos and she has 156 patrons and she gets 1,232.38. So hang on a minute. Let me try and be American or understand American money for a bit. $1,232.38 for every video that she uploads and I thought, well, that's good. That's a, that's a fantastic return. Yeah. But then I looked, went through to her YouTube profile, and she's got like two hundred thousand plus subscribers. So, and I've got two hundred plus subscribers for my YouTube videos. So, it's all about ratios, isn't it? Like that's a heck of a lot of people following her, but only one hundred and fifty-six people willing to to um, fund it. So, I guess my conclusion f- for the story of me is I doubt very much that I that I could that I have I mean I have a platform but I doubt that it's enough to to make something like this work. Yeah. I mean but it's 
I, I do think it's an interesting idea. I didn't mean to be a complete naysayer about it. No, I think you made a perfectly valid point. So, and, and especially as I was literally making it up as I went along, I deserve to be pulled up. But, no, um, no, but the, the, I think I was also affected by when I typed in poetry to see what was up there as poetry, there's, there's a girl up there and it is a testimonial. It says, bleep with her name is great and it's her mother has written the testimonial. <laughs> That's all it says. <laughs> <laughs> so I was basing it on that. Anyway... <laughs> oh dear well so um i've got absolutely no idea how long this podcast has been because i haven't got my timer on screen any idea listeners are we near the end yes I, I, they're all saying yes go to bed okay well let's leave it at that then sorry that this was basically me talking that wasn't what i'd intended that's all right i got a little bit at the start didn't i i managed to like briefly mention my, my new book of course. Well, let's talk about that briefly again. So, the dr- oh, no, don't, well, no, no, we have got time now. But I tell you what, I would love to talk about it when it comes out. It's coming out next week. Well, that's what I was going to ask. It's next week, isn't it? What day? On Friday, I believe. So that's why I was thinking probably the one. Well, we could talk about it next next Thursday, couldn't we? The night before. Oh, maybe I'll like bring a, a glass of champagne along while I'm recording. All right. Well, let's do that. I will also bring a glass of carver, probably. Oh. And and, um, and we'll. You? <laughs> we'll, we'll we can have a little pod party well i like the sound of that yeah cool okay well um dream country out next week we shall talk about it um, more then and um until then let's remind everyone one last time where they can find you on twitter at the flying poet and um yes. is your new website ready to go yet oh nearly nearly it will be by next week, yeah. It's it's there, but it's it's really boring at the moment. I don't want to send people to a, a page under construction type situation. Okay, fine. Um, and on Twitter, you can find me at Ian Broom, I-A-I-N-B-R-W-M-E, or you can find all old episodes of the podcast at ianbroom.com slash podcast, and you can um, read other stuff on the blog there too. Cool. See you uh, next week then. Yeah, you, you absolutely will. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye.